episode 33 of the Stomp the Bus show. I'm your host, Mark Harris. Uh, and Colton, ASU didn't do anything stupid, and they kept Bobby Hurley. Uh, re-signed to a two-year extension, so he'll be here for three more years, barring anything uh, bad happening. Um, I like the move. What, do you, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think at, during our last show, we kind of talked about this being the best option for ASU in terms of like where they should go with Hurley from here. I think you maybe even threw out the two-year timeline, which is obviously they felt similar, and they gave them that or they gave them that deal. Um, I like the move. You know, I was thinking about it a little bit too, and it's like when we're discussing when we were discussing this last week, the the point of like who can you get that is better than Bobby Hurley like right now nobody yeah who who is an upgrade over Bobby Hurley right now for ASU I don't think that person exists I think with with Bobby Hurley you've got he's one of the more recognizable names in college basketball in general right with everything that he's done in college basketball you have that guy's the face of ASU I mean he's he's never gonna be like a world-renowned basketball strategist I don't think going to be a guy that, that uh, goes out and reinvents the offensive wheel, so to speak, or or just blows anybody away with some game plan that he's come up with. But I think what Bobby Hurley does extremely well is he, he galvanizes his teams, he motivates his players, and he gets absolutely everything that he can out of the guys that play for him. And I think that's extremely important. I also think the fact that he's able to field a team year after year in this situation. I know we've talked about uh, Desert Financial quite a bit. We're going to talk about it again today um, and and sort of the situation surrounding, you know, facilities and all the other things that you can use to recruit players. The, the, the fact that he's still able to field a competitive team year after year with some of the guys that he has on these rosters. Um, I, is is a testament to what he's able to to get out of these players. So I think it's a great move. I don't think you're going to go out and find anybody better than Bobby Hurley. I don't know what the hope is in terms of long-term outlook. I don't think ASU is ever going to become some West Coast basketball superpower or anything right. like that. Um, so, like, what are, what are you going to try to do as a program? Are you going to try to be – perennially competitive in this conference that they may or may not still be in at some point. Um, But I think ASU has proven that they have been a middle to above average team in the PAC 12 more often than not. Um, And and that's a testament to what Hurley has done. So I like the move. I don't think you're going to find anybody better and and we'll see where he goes from here. Yeah. And the thing you mentioned it. It's like, to me, it's not so much like there is a chance that sure, if you got if you didn't retain him, um, that maybe people think, oh, like you could get someone better. But the thing with me is with getting rid of Bobby is that if you if you didn't bring him back, there, it, like and I've, we've said this before, like it's so much more likely that you just get someone who's way worse. And then, like, then you just totally take steps back and all the momentum from this past year is gone. Like, we don't know who's all coming back. We know that uh, Enoch Boyachi entered the transfer portal. 
Um, but I feel like I don't know how much that was like, oh, is he, did he leave because of Bobby? It's like he wasn't playing, you know. So anyway, but we don't know who's, who's all coming back. I know Desmond Cambridge isn't coming back. Um, Luther Muhammad, I believe, is officially out. Uh, I think some other guys that's like in between because it's just all so confusing with the COVID rules and stuff. But like, even if it's just like Jemaya Neal, Austin Nunez, Duke Brennan, um, DJ Horn, I think he's listed. He's a junior, so I think he could come back. Um, obviously, you'd have to add on to yeah. that. Frankie with, Collins uh, is a transfer too. Yeah. Oh, you'd have to add a few transfers, and yeah, you're have you have uh, two decent players coming in from high school too. But who knows how how much they'll be able to contribute? But um, it's just. To me, like I just don't, I just don't understand why they waited so long even to resign Bobby. Um, that's kind of the thing that is annoying to me that it was only announced uh, on Tuesday. Like that, it's, it kind of seemed contingent upon what he did in this tournament, right? Oh, it, it, totally. It it totally yeah. like no, like the Desmond Cambridge shot in tucson let's be real like that basically kept bobby around so if you're if you're a bobby hater out there maybe you don't want that shot to go in but um that, that's, that's what player. bothers me is that, that that's what bothers me it's just like why are we waiting this long like why why are we waiting this long to re-sign him when he's basically the best option you can get other than just totally being lucky you know, right. Um, I think every year you're going to see an extremely high floor with a right Bobby Hurley coach team. You're never going to see a Bobby Hurley coach team have like a Cal level season. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Which that's right. that's really really low. But um, <laughs> I mean, they're always kind of going to be in that like I don't know nine to four range in the conference maybe that's a little too big too maybe like eight to four range in the conference somewhere in there right maybe um, three on a good year yeah like three year three if they they really they really put it together in conference play whatever it is but i i mean that floor with all of the factors that you know we've discussed i i think that's a very respectable floor and you're right i mean everybody wants to focus on that shot in the U of A game and rightfully so like that shot was incredible. It's one of the biggest shots probably in ASU basketball history. Right. And uh, I mean, but the fact that that was a three point game is just a test or a two point game rather was just a testament to everything. Or was it, was it a two or a one point game at that point? It was a two point game. Either way. Yeah. A testament to the fact that they were in that game for the entire game in Tucson. I think they went down by seven at one point. They gave that that Tucson team everything they could handle, right? And it's like, obviously, you win the game. That's incredible. But even if you don't, like, what are you supposed to do in that situation? That's one of the best teams in the country, and people don't go into McHale and win, right? right. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of nuance to it. I think there's a lot of, like, splitting hairs. But in, in – I mean, in the end, all that matters is results, right? And if he doesn't get that result, who knows where we're at? But Bobby Hurley, I think, is always going to be one of those guys that it's like you're 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 living on the edge a little bit. 
it's always going to be one bounce goes our way or one bounce doesn't. And we're talking about a team that's not in the tournament sort of, or well, yeah, bounced in yeah. the first round. Like it, it's never going to be definitively one way or the other. I don't think with him. Totally. And yeah, like I'm not sitting here and saying like Bobby Hurley is this incredible coach because like, if you're an ASU fan, like obviously there's like annoying flaws of like how the ASU basketball team plays, uh, you know, um, and, and and we'll talk about it. it didn't really show up in the tournament. Uh, you know, I think TCU just a good team. We had a bad, well, we did have like a few bad possessions, but like, again, that's just kind of part of the mix. So you know, speaking to that game real quick, I like, you know, I I thought ASU kind of bucked their like their their classic meltdown past to an extent. And I I, I kind came, of agree with you, honestly. Yeah, I, I think it. I, I know it kind of came back in the end, and it was like they lose by two, whatever. TCU is a great team. You're in the round of 64, right? You're down by 11 to start the game. It was yeah. 16 to five at one point. And they come all the way back to take like a, what was it? A 10 point lead at one point. And obviously you squander that 10 point lead, but that's, that was a game of just haymakers the whole way. Yeah, totally. And I mean that DJ Horn shot, I literally, when he took that shot, I was like, there's zero chance this is going in. And that, the fact that that shot went in, that was when that whole like classic ASU meltdown mantra kind of like melted away for me a little bit. <laughs> like, wow, they, they fought and they just tied this game. That's incredible. I never thought they would be able to do this. Right. So. Well, there was some great, I mean, the, the, the Frankie dunk, the Devin Cambridge dunk. Oh yeah. The Frankie dunk was insane. I mean, if they would have won that game, that would have been on like, Every oh, I know it's it, it's it's annoying how that that goes down in like social media or whatever, but it is what it yeah. is. Gaffney had a great block shot too. Like I mean, that was it. Like it's weird. Like that was a fun game, you know. Yeah. Um, it was one where it's like ASU lost an absolute slugfest, and it's like right. they were in it until the very end. It's not the result that you want, but they didn't show to up to a better and, team too. Right. They didn't show up and look like they didn't belong right. on the same court as a team from probably the best conference in college basketball this year. Yeah. Well, and yeah, that's a good point. And the thing is, like, let's compare it to the last time ASU lost in the tournament uh, back in 2019 to Buffalo. They got it was just oh, yeah. they got killed. And so. Like. For ASU, I mean, we weren't going to beat Gonzaga, let's be real. So, like, yeah. if we if we'd won – like, obviously, like, I didn't want to lose that game, of course. But, like, it – I I feel fine about the program, like, after that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was a good showing. That's a good way to put it. And yeah. look at some of these – some of the first-round games, like – like if you get blown out in the first round and it's uh, if you're not like a 16 seed or something or like really low, it's still it still puts a damp like a damper on the season, you know, like it's it's like, wow, like we like every like we didn't even belong here or 
why are like or like like U of A fans? What you know when they lost uh, hilariously, um, U of A fans. A lot of them were like, it doesn't even look like there's effort. You know, and it, like you can say a lot of things about Bobby Hurley teams, but effort is not one of them. Like they play with effort. Sometimes it's like too much effort, and it leads to like yeah. miss miss passing lanes or whatever. But like or like missed dunks off the back iron. That's yeah, of stuff. exactly. Yeah. But yeah. you'd rather that than the other way around. No, I completely agree. Like you, you never want to like take the loss, right? Like you always want to come out on the positive side of this, but you're not always going to. That's just the nature of these games. And I think if this is sort of a state of the union, if that TCU game and this season as a whole are, are sort of like a state of the union for ASU basketball, I think they're in a pretty good space. Like we talked about in a, a couple episodes ago, kind of like putting it all in perspective, what Bobby Hurley was able to do this season in terms of constructing this roster, making it gel. There was a couple of rough spots, but not losing this team, keeping them together. And then that little run they went on at the end to even get into the tournament, absolutely dismantling Nevada and then keeping it close against a team from the big 12. Like, all in all, if you look at this season through a very wide lens, I've already said I think it's Bobby Hurley's best coaching job of his ASU tenure. But I also think you've won a tournament game. You were in the fields of 64. You've proven that you can win with a ton of transfer guys, right? right. That Maybe this is an appealing transfer portal location now for guys who are just coming in for one year. Guys who don't I need to be – yeah, guys who maybe don't need to be wooed by, like, groundbreaking facilities and all of this stuff because, yeah. I mean, obviously that's not ever going to happen with ASU, right? Like, <laughs> um, but I, I do think right now Bobby Hurley is, is suited to do this job and he proved it by the manner in which he did it this year and the way that he accomplished what he did this year with the guys that he had. Right. Well, and I, yeah, I mean, the, the Nevada win, which we haven't even mentioned, like that was just that was like they, basketball nirvana, honestly. It was I over. Mean, it was over like three minutes in. Yeah, we, we were watching that together. And it's like, yeah, it, it was funny in the second half. Anytime like the lead like went back down to 20 you're like, eh, like what's going to happen over. now? It's yeah. like you just wanted the game to be over. And then eventually it's like, oh, this game is over. it's like it was incredible. Like everyone was hitting threes. I mean, that is like. That is one thing I do like about the Bobby Hurley experience is sometimes you get that game and it's like it's just incredible, but yeah. obviously that's can't be uh, duplicated every night. But um, yeah, and the other thing with with Bobby is like you just look. I mean, four twenty one seasons in eight years. Like I I just don't know why like there's some ASU fans that are just like so vehemently opposed to Bobby coming back and there's not like it's 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 a it's a minority of fans it's not most of them but some are like oh he's not a good coach this and that it's like i i just like man like you like just I look mean, on wikipedia of asu basketball history like go go look at record by year i mean and like her like people look at her herb sendex had some 21 seasons too but a lot of those years they didn't schedule well in the non-con and then so they went to the nit instead right. but and bobby bobby schedules well in the non-con you know we i yeah. mean 
it it usually in the past uh Except in the San Francisco game that one I won't give them a Well that was yeah but... schedule okay schedule's difficult in the non-con is a good way to put it that no, was almost just, that was too difficult never schedule a game on December 23rd in the bay area again yeah no that was that was a forgettable moment of the season but in terms of like the overall process i mean Shit, like in 2018 and 2019, our early season scheduling, playing Kansas, Xavier, whatever, that's mm. what got us into the tournament. Like we yeah. faded down the stretch in Pac-12 play. And that is a fair criticism of Bobby is that his teams fade a little bit in Pac-12 play. Like there's no – it's obvious. Um, some of that's just being in league play, but some of it's not – it's not all just that. Um Anyway, no, definitely. this year, like we had, we scheduled well too, you know, we just didn't even get, Michigan just wasn't as good as we, people thought they were going to be. That looked um, like a great win when it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it turned out to just be a good win, but you beat Creighton. So that was big. Yeah. And um, I might be forgetting. If, oh, well, you beat, beat VCU, that tournament mm-hmm. team. And of course the, the, the other team in that uh, Brooklyn thing was Pitt. And you don't even play them, and they make the tournament, but it is what it is. And you also lose to Texas Southern. So I can't, but I will say this because remember the start of last year's season when you lose to UC Irvine on the like the oh, full court yeah. buzzer beater? Yeah. That was, br- that's just like ASU basketball has had a few losses like that to open the season, like early in the season before. And I guess we had one of those this year with uh, Texas Southern. But it was it was really just one. That's the thing. It wasn't three, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and I think the ending. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, it, I was gonna say like that's why I'm excited about some of the returning guys coming back. I mean, we haven't we didn't even really get to see Austin Nunez for a good chunk of the because he's with the concussion to end the season. Um, Jemaine Neal breakout performance. Uh, we'll see how much of that can continue, but. Uh, Duke Brennan, solid freshman year, um, probably did a lot more than people anticipated he would do. Uh, who else is coming? Oh, Frankie. Frankie obviously look had a rough final stretch in the last game. No one's gonna, no one's gonna deny that. Um, but he also he was a good player for us for most of the season. And even in the TCU game, he hit a lot of tough layups early yeah. on in that game that kind of kept us from kept TCU from like really blowing us out early and kind of helped us claw back into that game. So I think people should remember that uh, in the Frankie discourse of the final game, but he's, a, he's been a good ad and likes playing with Hurley. The other thing, and that's one more thing about Hurley is like guards clearly like playing with him because he gives them freedom. And because like they'll know that they're, they're learning from someone who is like playing the NBA and was a great college guard. And so it's like, that's that's one thing that's like at least we can like kind of count on that you know in the future and austin nunez i i'm excited to see what he does next year definitely i thought um oh and real quick too i just want to correct i think i said frankie collins was a grad transfer that was extremely wrong I'm oh yeah no. <laughs> i thought he was one of those guys that transferred in he's a sophomore so he, maybe they maybe Bobby's able to get him to come back. Austin Nunez, I thought, I mean, talking about that uh, 
that Michigan game, um, I thought he was kind of the difference in that game, and he was the reason yeah, was they good. put it just completely out of reach. I, I'm bummed they didn't get him back at any point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just kind of looking through this roster, Duke Brennan, obviously, uh, he's a freshman. Um, and then there was one other guy. Like Frankie Collins, Jemiah Neal, Austin Nunez, maybe DJ Horn. That's not a bad core, you know. That's a core you can kind of build around if you're bringing other guys in to kind of alleviate some of the losses. But, again, regardless of what happens, I think they're in a good spot. And I think Bobby's proven that he can field a competitive roster in an era where turnover is going to be something that hits everybody, right, with this transfer portal stuff. Um, and I, I think all of the criticisms of Bobby as coach are solely dependent on what your definition of a coach is, right? Like, I think these criticisms of, like, he's a terrible coach are so subjective because what right. what is your definition of a good coach? Is it somebody who gets everything that he can out of his players and in elevates them in positions where it's like you're down 11 to TCU, uh, what are you going to do? Like somebody like that, or is it somebody who's able to draw up groundbreaking schemes and, and just like X's and O play chess? And he's not team. like, it's not like Bobby doesn't do any of that either. Like he has, but I'm saying he's, he's never going to be like the, one of the greatest basketball minds in the game well, like, yeah. in terms of his ability to, to strategize, as a coach. But my point is like, he's not the great, the greatest coach you're ever going to find in that regard. But I think in the other regard that I mentioned, he's probably like, who else gets this much out of their players? Right. Like he's, he, he's a pretty good coach in that respect. So I think it's solely dependent upon like how you're going to view this. And I think he's the right coach for this team. Yeah. And he has to put up with some with some shit at ASU. You know, let's be real. Um, like the administration, and we're about to talk, get into this. Clearly, doesn't really care about basketball, as uh, Michael Crow basically said last week. Um, he gave an interview with the State Press about really a whole slew of issues, part of uh, Pac-12 media rights. And uh, the the Coyotes arena vote, whether he's involved with it, um, this done by Piper Hansen and Alex Wakefield did a good job. And we're going to start at the end where he basically says the arena is, quote, functional. Functional. And so if you're Bobby Hurley, you have to deal with a ancient arena that. It's not even like, oh, the Blue Bloods, they don't have an arena like that. It's like all these other schools have better arenas that have been renovated on the inside, too. You know, um, that's the other thing. Like, they've been th – this arena it has not been renovated on the inside. It's like there's been hardly any updates to it. And, you know, you hear stories from, like, more elderly people who, like, struggle with, like, handrails going up the stairs. Um there's no sweets. Not that, you know, maybe some people would buy sweets. I don't know. Well, you know, people buy sweets at the hockey game, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's just an old arena. I mean, it, apparently I was listening to a 
podcast and someone was saying that Bill Frieder, the old ASU coach from the 90s, was complaining about it being old then, you know. <laughs> and so here we are in 2023 and school president says it's a functional um, a functional arena. And I'm going to read oh man, I'm going to read an excerpt with this. Um, in February 2022, ASU Athletic Director Ray Anderson told Arizona Sports Bigley Murata that Desert Financial was, quote, in dire need of improvements uh, and that he, quote, anticipates ASU will be pivoting to that very quickly. Crow says, I don't know what you meant by, quote, dire. You've been there. It's completely functional. <laughs> it's actually a fine facility and just needs some updates. Okay, well. Well, that's, that's literally good, what Ray Anderson yeah. said. <laughs> like, he. I, I don't I don't understand that. Like and then, Anderson did just say that. So yeah, last year, uh, one of the most important updates to DFA's air handling system, uh, which Cross says would cost about twenty five million. He also said seating may need updating with the possible addition, possible addition of handrails and general improvements made to the locker rooms. There haven't been any serious injuries. <laughs> just <laughs> there haven't been. Any serious injuries, seriously from that, just seriously from that, Crow said. Quote, that facility is completely functional. It does not determine if we win basketball games at all. Yeah, like the facility isn't going to hit a three for you, but it's going to bring the people in who will hit the threes for you. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, my gosh. That makes no sense. It does not determine if we win basketball games at all. I mean, it kind of does. Like It if totally it was, does. Like, it does indirectly. It doesn't, like, yes, the court doesn't matter on game day in terms of the ball going in the hoop or not. But, you know, the other 330 days a year, that's about, now probably 340 is a better estimation. Maybe 345. Anyway, all the games where there aren't home games, all the days where there aren't home games, uh, you have to recruit and bring bring uh, recruits into the arena in the locker rooms that are very old as well, you know. And apparently, a lot, like, or you don't bring them there. You just avoid <laughs> avoid the arena completely. Just show them uh, the weather up center. So, <laughs> I mean, wait, wait. I I'm just the, I'm reading the last part. Did you read the last part? Yeah. Of this? Oh my. Describing ASU as like a like a unicorn, like, where he what? asked, where he asked Alexa, "What is a unicorn?" No, Alexa, cancel. Sorry, mine just lit up. Um, but he says, "We're so unusual. We're the seven footer who can dribble and shoot, right?" So that's the unicorn. That's ASU. We're the seven footer who can dribble and shoot in a direly functional arena. And I think that was supposed to be like a little dig at what Ray Anderson said. But of course, you will literally never get a seven footer who can dribble and shoot in the unicorn sense to play in that stadium or that arena. So I don't really know what that point was trying to prove, but hey, we almost got Thon Maker. Remember that, Colton? I do remember the Thon Maker sweepstakes. He was only oh. 27 at that point. Yeah. It's just, it's so, I, maybe he's just, Trying to like, there's speculation that he just wants to uh, get get like hope that the Coyotes Arena gets built, and I think there, there's a vote coming up for that. 
Um, and then he can just move ASU basketball there, which I would, I think that's a bad idea for ASU basketball because you're going to be playing in like a 16,000 seat arena. That's just going to look so bad unless they like tarp off the whole upper section or something. Um, and it's also just further away from campus because it's down like on like priest road or whatever. So yeah, kind of closer to the airport, right? It's like, yeah, exactly. So I get it for the coyotes, but like. For ASU basketball, it's like you could just update the arena you already have. Yeah. You don't even need to tear it down. You just need to like make some updates to it. It's not and they literally like, just did that with the football stadium right next door. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's frustrating that it's like, oh, it's not even a big deal. Like, you know, it's like it it, it is a big deal because it just it just shows you like his his view into sports, right? Hey, it's functional, you know. We have a yeah. basketball team. What are you complaining about? They play basketball. You can sit down and watch them. It's like, yeah, it's functional. Congrats, like it's functional, and like that's why if you're a, an ASU fan is critical of them keeping Hurley, it's like no, this is why Hurley needs to stay. Is so the other person who may 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 not be able to handle all this kind of external non-support as well they might just do much worse and not win have 21 seasons every every other year basically during including the pandemic so that's an excellent point it's like so many people are focused on like what happens on the court but i think bobby hurley you're absolutely right is has been able to sort of weather the external storm. Right. right? As you put it, like he's not going to a school where the president necessarily, like, I don't say, I don't want to say he doesn't care about athletics, but it's not like, well, I mean, look, like when you say things like that, people think you don't care about athletics. I mean, his words aren't lending to any sort of belief or any sort of like, he's not instilling any belief that this is something he values very highly when he says things like that. Let's just put it that way. It's like, he he says, quote, there haven't been any serious injuries just seriously from that. It's like, that's, that's the bar. It's like the bar he's judging it on is just so, so low. It's like, Hey, nobody died there. Like, what are you complaining about? Right, like, I don't know. Applying the actual quick, um, like that—that that scenario in my mind when he says there hasn't been any serious injuries seriously from that. It's like, so what is the criteria for that? Somebody who right. falls because there's no rail, but they just like drank a beer before, so he's like attributing that to overconsumption or something like that right right? like i I don't understand what the criteria is for somebody who hasn't been seriously injured seriously from that like seriously twice just makes it seem like he's there there have been people but based on this very very limited criteria nobody fits that it's like yeah you might bruise your knee we can't. Right. Like what's a serious injury? Is like death a serious injury to yeah. you? People have broken legs, but nobody's died. So we're fine. 
I mean, broken leg, that's a serious injury. But, like, it's just, I don't know. Maybe he's just put, maybe he's just kicking this can down the road until he knows what what's going to happen with the arena. But it's just, I don't know. When it comes to athletics with him, it, he just doesn't know what he's doing. Like, and he thinks he really knows what he's doing. That's the other thing that's troubling. Because this guy supported Larry Scott till the bitter end. The bitter end. And now we're not 100% sure the Pac-12 is even going to be a thing in two years. So that's uh, that's just the thing that just, I don't know. Like, this is going to sound a little morbid, but, you know, Michael Crow is 67 years old. So, I don't, you know, who knows how much longer. Obviously, he'll, st- like, he's not going to die. He's in good shape, but just retire or something. I don't know. I don't know where you were going with that, Mark. No, it's it's just like. I just feel like as an ASU fan, like I feel like sometimes you almost have to win in spite of the president. Like just yeah, maybe not so much in football, I guess, because it's like, although football maybe in other ways. Like I I don't I don't know the whole scope of everything, but the football facilities are like incredible now. But yeah, yeah, no, the football. I, I just mean it more in terms of like how the program is like why like you know we still have the investigation like we still had herm edwards be the coach for a while and you know i mean all this stuff that like this is all things that happened under michael crow crow's watch by basically letting ray anderson pick his old friend to be the head coach and it's almost like out of sight out of mind for him a little bit yeah 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 it's like, like he, like Michael Crow does not care about like winning big in college sports, which is like, and I'll say this, which is fine. He's a university president. Like I get it, but it's also a part of me is like, dude, like you will make more money as a school, more money, like more fit, more people showing up, being in the downtown Tempe area, spending money at mill, spending money, parking, Buffalo, whatever it may be like. It just attracts more people to your school in general. Your school is just out there more often. Like he should talk to whoever the University of Alabama president is and ask him, but hey, you know, have had admissions uh, requests gone up? That's applications. That's the word I'm looking for. Have applications gone up in the last 15 years? Oh, you know what, Michael, they actually have quite a bit. Wonder why. So yeah, that's just that's just my my thoughts on it. It's just it's just it's just more of the same, but it's just – it's so just dis- disheartening to just – everyone knows the arena is terrible, and you just look – and it's, it's functional. You know, it's like it, – that's how I treat my Jeep, my 2010 Jeep that has, a, like, scratches on the side and, like, a broke – like, it's – like, come on, man. Like <laughs> – we aren't we aren't at Fairleigh Dickinson or anything like you run the largest or the second largest university in the country. So it's not like and every other building nearby is nice, too. That's the other thing. So, OK. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Mark, I am going to have to do something kind of unprecedented here. I am going to have to do the the classic midge. Um, exit unfortunately just because of how long we've gone 
I got to bounce. A couple topics here. I'll let you take the media rights deal. I'll give you my my thoughts on Colin Simmons. Um, a hardworking and fun ASU practice. If they're all hardworking and fun, I think we'll be in good shape. And that's, I will, I will leave you on that, my friend. I'm just going to mute and then shut off the video so it doesn't mess with the, the feed at all. All right. All right. right. I'll see you, man. Go ahead and take the next few topics. See you, fans. All five of you. Right. All right. Well, yeah, Colton had to bounce. So, uh, anyway, yeah, we, you know, um, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you have, Similar thoughts about Michael Crow, uh, but yeah. And the other thing he talks about in that article done by the state press is he basically shuts down any rumors of ASU going to the Big 12. Um, Excuse me. He says... We're close to knowing what it's going to be. I think we're going to be close to a deal. Um, he ends it with, we have fabulous sports teams and remaining teams. We're going to get a good offer. We're in the final stages of that process. Um, he also says, quote, there have been no discussions with the Big 12 conference on moving. I mean, there have been discussions with everyone everywhere on all things related to where our conference is going and to where stuff's going to end up and what's happening. We are committed to the Pac-12. So basically saying, yeah, like, sure, we talk with people, but it's not calling up, you know, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark right away and saying, hey, uh, you know, we're just send us the invite. and We're going to we're ready to go. Um, clearly, that's not how Michael Michael Crow thinks and doesn't really surprise me based on the fact he I, I just don't see Michael Crow just wanting to torch the Pac-12 and leave. I, he seems like someone who wants to stay, uh, honestly, till, till, till the end. I mean, I just mentioned his support of Larry Scott. Clearly, he thinks a lot like these other Pac-12 presidents. And because of that, to be fair to Michael Crow on the academic side, ASU has risen up academically. Um, and, you know, he wants to be a part of being with those other schools uh, like Cal, Stanford, Washington, um, if they stay in the conference. And clearly he likes the Pac-12. Um, I know people think that's maybe me editorializing a little bit, but just as an ASU fan who's followed this program um, in the athletic department, I just I feel like ASU will go to the Big 12 at the, like, if they absolutely 100% have to. Um, I just, Michael Crow does not seem like the guy who's going to be spearheading that. So, interesting stuff there, and who knows, maybe ASU basketball will just play in the Coyotes arena in three years. But um, I did want to talk about some other things that have been popping up. Um, U of A's president also had some interesting words along with uh utah's president and utah's ad mark harlan they basically said they're committed to the pac-12 robert robbins went a little bit further um he told the athletic last week um basically that like the pac-12 media deal we think it's going to be like the bronze medal of all three 
of, of all five of the conferences. So implying that it'll be better. It'll be a better media deal than the Big 12 and the ACC. So, you know, there's a lot of people reading into that. I think if all these presidents are making comments, I feel like it has to be a lot closer behind the scenes. I know we've been talking about this. Um, we've been talking about this for months now. <laughs> uh, but I, when you have a president just coming out and saying, we think we're going to have the third best deal of all the conferences. The, the, he's not just going to come out and say that without any sort of inkling behind it, you know, any sort of, I mean, he's a freaking president. He's the president of Arizona. He has insider knowledge, you know? So, and it's interesting to me because Arizona, uh, they've been very much rumored uh, to be interested in the big 12, much more than ASU. That's for sure. Um, and there's a big contingent of their fan base who wants to move to the Big 12 because, I mean, if we're being honest, the real reason is just because it's a better basketball conference. That's uh, the gist of it because U of A doesn't care about football enough to just want to move to a conference for the football product. Um, it's it's about basketball, and I, I don't blame them from that perspective. From a lot of other perspectives, I don't think it really makes sense for them, but seems like their president agrees. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. It's, it seems like it's starting to wrap up a little bit, but who knows, who knows what to believe? Um, who knows who's, you, you know, what journalists, who they're getting their information from. Um, it's very complicated. It's a complicated process. Uh, and I'm sure we'll find out more about it. I mean, obviously, we'll eventually learn, but it'll be interesting if there's ever like a behind the scenes, like how this actually all went down type of story uh, about the Pac-12 media rights bill, because to me, it's very interesting just just with the stakes involved, you know, is if if it's not good enough, um, obviously, do uh, do Washington, Oregon leave somehow? Like, does the Big Ten enter this again or like maybe they all get maybe it all um they sign a deal, but it's like with Apple. And so how does it work transitioning to streaming for the majority of your content? Um, it's just very, it's just uh, very interesting. It's just the conference clearly at a crossroads. Uh, it's, you know, to some, it seems like it's very dire, but to a lot of people, it seems like uh, based on what I'm just reading from reporters, it seems like there's a lot of, uh, People saying that it'll probably stick together. And so, you know, as ASU fans, we can talk about what we actually think uh, should be like where you personally want them to go. But to me, it just feels like the Pac-12 is going to stay together, um, you know, not as strong as before, but and it'll cruise forward into the future of college football and then probably blow up in 2030. So that's where I'm at. Um I did want to get into some spring football talk. Obviously, Colton and I are not at spring practice, uh, so I don't have any like super detailed analysis. But the one thing I've kind of gleaned on is it doesn't seem like there's like some huge leader in the quarterback race. You know, it seems like the the reps are getting mixed up. Makes sense. New offense. Um, but I'm I'm just kind of as a fan I'm just kind of getting ahead of it like I don't really care 
I find myself not really caring who becomes the starter. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of fans who just want Jaden Rashada to be the starter, which understandable. There's a lot of fans out there. Drew Pine, hey, started Notre Dame, um, you know, was on a winning team, wasn't terrible. Uh, former, he was a former four-star too, so it's not like he's, you know, Mr. Walk-On. Speaking of walk-ons, you have Trenton Bourget, who had some really good games last year. He, you know, I think sometimes people mischaracterize how his season went last year because he he played some very good games, had kind of two bad ones, I'd say, w- uh, Wazoo and Oregon State, but, you know, he wasn't on a very good team, <laughs> to be to be fair, but that's part of it too. But so so it'll be, it'll just be, it'll be interesting to see who emerges as the starter, but there might not even be an answer until... It just doesn't seem like they're going to be naming one at the end of spring. Maybe they will. That that would definitely be interesting. But um, maybe they'll kind of let people know because just to, since there's so many guys on the roster and the, especially the lower levels of the roster, uh, such as like a Finn Collins already transferred, so he's gone. But I guess uh, like a Dalen McLemore, uh, just some of the maybe a Bennett Meredith. Who knows? Um, that's total speculation, too. They could be killing it in camp. But uh, I did see some video of Xavier Guillory. Apparently, that's looking like a huge under-the-radar gem, uh, really by Charlie Ragel, uh, his former head coach, and Kenny Dillingham by extension. Um, I like it, man. I think in receivers, I feel like there's so much less of a like learning curve from level to level, you know? I... I think you've seen a lot of guys from lower levels kind of step up um, against better competition and um, and, and move up and just kind of be like a seamless fit. So obviously it won't be every time, but I think, you know, good, good sign that he's playing well. And then Colton mentioned it as he left. I couldn't not mention that one of the best recruits in the country stopped by HU football practice earlier this week. That would be five-star defensive end Colin Simmons. And he had a very good trip. He gave some great quotes, you know, posted some things on Twitter about just how fun it was. And like, he gave the eyeball emoji, took like a picture with the the fork. Um, And why do I bring this up? Why is it a big deal that, some granted a, a very high profile recruit, but a recruit visited ASU football practice. And to me, it's the fact that this guy is like such a high level and he's like legitimately considering us. Now, do I think that he'll go to ASU? No, I don't. Um, I would love to be surprised about that. That would be, that would be great to get, you know, literally <laughs> a five-star defensive end out of Texas. That would just totally, that would shift so many things um, about the future of this program, getting a guy like that, because then other other players would follow. But I like it because like we are in the mi- we are in the mix. We are ident- we are identifying these players and not we're not afraid to go after these players. You know, it may not work, but you have to be in the mix 
you you have to be in the mix with these guys to even have a chance of getting them. So bringing them in early. Um, look, Tempe's beautiful. I that can't not have an impact. I mean, obviously it's not going to be like, oh, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll sign there. Um, but hey, there's a chance at least. Uh, although a very unlikely one, if we're being honest. So uh, ASU did get another uh, re recruit, a commitment in football. Uh, wide receiver Zechariah Sample out of Texas. Uh, you know, good good to get started, and it's good to not good. It's good to not be. You know, it's good that it just feels like we're on a normal recruiting pattern. You have some you have some guys signed already. You're having guys at practice. You're not in the triple digits when you're scrolling on twenty four seven. Um, you you know you're in the mix, and so that's what I love about Dillingham and the staff. Obviously, tons of energy at practice. Uh, that's just what he's going to be. He's only a few years older than Colton and I, so I can't really blame him. Um, and yeah, and, and his assistants. Clearly, some of these assistants are really paying off already. Uh, Samples and Carrington. I mean, look, the two commits we have are from Texas. Colin Simmons is from Texas. I think uh, I want to say Samples' father is the head coach of Duncanville high school in texas where uh colin simmons goes so that's a connection but you have regal bringing in xavier guillory um brian ward last year we we saw the wazoo defense up close and it <laughs> totally uh limited us um but it was good all year it was a good unit and that's that's kind of the other thing that's like it, it just feels like this there's just so much good vibes right now with this staff so um, you know, right now, kind of just wrapping it up, like, it, it's weird. This is the uh, episode, you know, coming to you after ASU lost its tournament game. But I feel like with the fact that Hurley is returning um, and just where we're at with the Dillingham era so far, at least from like a coaching perspective, um, I feel good about the ASU's two biggest sports. I, I feel good about where we're at right now. You know, we'll see what happens during the football season. Doing it, we could go three and nine again, and then that changes things. But just, just with the the way the momentum's kind of rolling, it it it, it looks good on that end. Um, we'll see where that goes. Uh, and yeah, thanks for tuning in. Um, Colton had to leave a bit early, but we will be back next week. You know, maybe who knows what's going to happen between now and then. Hopefully a Pac-12 media deal gets officialized. Um, is that even a word? I'm not even sure officialized is the word. I can't. I'm, I'm kind of kind of tired today, but gets uh, approved maybe if signed isn't the right word but gets gets reported of a Pac-12 media deal. Anyway, that gets checked off. We'll see what happens with that. I think we I think ASU fans should be paying attention to the basketball transfer porter. Good lord. Transfer portal. Um we saw Bobby use it last year. We saw it work. You can he can sell that again. Um maybe we'll have some guys transfer out too. Obviously Enoch uh put his name in, so that and you know, who knows what could happen at ASU.
uh, thanks for listening slash watching and go Ducks.